Springbrook Autism Behavioral Health is excited to announce the return of the National Converge Autism Summit to Greenville, South Carolina, April 28th and 29th, 2022. Scheduled to return to this year's conference is featured keynote speaker, Dr. Temple Grandin, a pioneer in the field of autism. Also scheduled to appear will be Ron Suskind, Pulitzer Prize winning author, journalist, and filmmaker. The two-day Autism Summit is attended by professionals, teachers, parents, and caregivers who get a chance to meet and discuss educational, therapeutic, social, and psychological topics related to autism. For more information about the summit, visit ConvergeAutism.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SpringbrookBHS. The 2022 National Converge Autism Summit in Greensville, South Carolina. Tickets are on sale now. Welcome to the Autism Dead Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski, and I got a really interesting show for you guys today. My good friend, Dennis Procopio, who is uh, a male life coach and an autism dad, is here to talk to us about more of his experience as uh, a dad raising an autistic son. And uh, he's able to kind of blend in some of his life coaching experience to kind of help us, you know, manage situations a little bit better or gain some interesting perspectives. So thanks, Dennis, for coming back on and talking to us about your life and being a dad and uh, some of the the challenges that you're navigating and, and helping us to learn to navigate them in socially appropriate ways. <laughs> so it's been a little while since we talked. I think it was before the holidays. It was before the holidays. Yes, it was back in 2021. Yes. Oh my gosh, 2021. It was like three decades ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it feels that way for sure. So what kind of dad stuff have you had going on? Well, so... You know, um, you've historically had me on here as a um, featured guest who works in a professional space coaching men under the brand Man Up Life Coaching. And I've mentioned that um, I coach guys and behind the curtain, I'm a an, an autism dad. My son... Bennett, who is uh, 11 years old, will be 12 in July, um, is autistic and also uh, has achondroplasia dwarfism. Um, Those are a couple of identifiers. He's also a cute little redhead um, with bright red hair and freckles. Anyway, um, his mother and I, she works as a lawyer in uh, Ed Law, Um, So she regularly sits in on IEPs, which everyone knows who is a special needs parent is an, you know, individualized education plan. And so it's great to have her uh, along when we sit in on IEP meetings for Bennett because she's uh, she knows what she's doing. So recently we sat in on a triennial meeting for Bennett. And since it was a triennial, they did a huge sort of overarching evaluation, a whole bunch of tests, and they dropped a bomb on us that we didn't uh, expect. They said that they suspected that he is eligible for ID which is uh, intellectual disability. And so as a dad, I immediately said, "Um, are you suggesting that my kid has low intelligence? And they tap danced around it, but you know, I was persistent. And they said, they didn't use this language, but they basically said we're guesstimating his IQ is 78 based on his scores. And I said, no way, nah, uh uh-uh. I call foul on this and his mother agreed. So 
The first part of what I was hoping to share with you today was my experience as a dad walking into an IEP meeting and finding out that in addition to an, I, uh, an autism diagnosis, the school district is now floating the idea that uh, my son has intellectual disabilities. So do, wow. do you have any experience with, with that yourself or is that an... Yeah, my my oldest would have been, this would have been back when he was in grade school. Um, he's 22 now, I'm that old. And he, we had a similar experience and I don't remember, I don't remember what they said his IQ was. Um, and it triggered this psychiatric testing up at the Cleveland Clinic that I, I can't remember what it's called. But they, they gauge like everything, you know, memory testing and cognitive ability and all neuropsych testing. That's what it's called. Neuropsych testing. And, uh, you know, we learned a lot about what his ability was and what his ability, where, where his deficits were. And, and a large part of it was like, he could remember everything. He, he, he stored everything in memory, but he had a hard time retrieving it when it came to testing at the school it was, it was more related to how they were giving the tests than what his actual ability was. Like the tests were not accurately gauging what his ability was, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. You know, so I spoke with mom and said, you know, I, I know that because you work in this professional space, you are probably a little bit jaded and might be suspicious of the school district trying to pull a fast one here. So what are your thoughts? And she said, yeah. She said, you know, I think the teacher's great. It is what it is. She's a special education teacher in a school, in a district. And, you know, she's not, <laughs> you know, she's garden variety. And Bennett's not garden variety. And so we don't expect her to operate at the level of a specialist you know, I've been in education. I've been a teacher. Teacher, you've got a class full of a bunch of kids, and Bennett's coming in there hot, man. You know, so he's 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 giving her a, a rough time on any given day. So she's doing what she can. So we don't we don't think anything about the teacher, the principal. Uh, you know, the principal is beholden to his handlers, and their bottom line is they're trying to save money. And so he's mm -hmm. a real nice guy. He's super diplomatic. I really genuinely think he's a good dude, but I also think he serves the realm. You know what I mean? At the end yep. of the day. So she suggested that while there may be an element of truth to the diagnosis in that there's obviously some delay going on that might be outside of an autistic diagnosis to just slap this 78 IQ on him because some random school psychologist ran a test that Bennett might or might not. I mean, the guy said, oh yeah, he was really compliant. I've really gotten to know him. Uh, he really, the guy really sold the idea that he got the best version of Bennett he could, but it sounded like a sale. It frankly, I just have to say, it just sounded like a sale. And I, mm -hmm. I sell my own product. I know what it's like to walk someone through a freaking <laughs> funnel. And I felt like I was getting walked through a funnel. And at the end, I was supposed to say, okay, I have now downloaded this information into my head. And it's this is my own thought. He was incepting the idea that my kid has ID. And we just weren't buying it. So bottom line is, we went to a little group huddle, she and I, and decided we're willing to accept that at you know, he's in fifth grade. Uh, he is 
showing some really challenging behaviors. We're obviously going to need to take some sort of specialist route, but we're going to opt for an independent uh, evaluation from outside of the school system just to make sure they're not trying to, you know, because she, she suggested, she's like, you know, it's possible that if they're trying to get us to accept this diagnosis so that in doing so, it says we're not responsible for getting that's exactly him to yep. to do certain things. It's sorry, it's not our fault. He's just smart, not smart enough. Yeah, he doesn't have the cognitive capabilities, and we're like they're throwing him under the bus. So. Yeah, I called BS. I just sorry, no, nah, I'm not feeling it. To our credit, we were diplomatic as always. You know, we we did everything we could not to undermine the spirit of team Bennett and his support staff, but behind the scenes we're like, yeah, got a hairy eyeball on the principal on this one. So we're, we're going to get an independent evaluation. Now here's where in our narrative arc, the story gets interesting. Want to hear some interesting stuff, Rob? Gorski? I do want to hear, I do want to hear some interesting stuff. Dennis. Okay. Procopio. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I'm intrigued. You, you should be bring it, bring it Dennis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying over nearly a decade now, I have worked as a life coach for 40 to 60 men a week. That is a heck of a lot of life coaching. I sit mm -hmm. on a kneeling chair in front of a computer with a green screen behind me, and I am absolutely a product. Over the course of uh, working with guys, um, they all have in common that they're dudes between 20-something and 60-something who are stuck in their lives in some way and are having a really hard time coping with adulting, being out there in the normal world. And I'm talking about 40, 50, 60, up to 70 years old still having these same challenges. They know about me that I'm this person who comes from a colorful background without wearing my heart on my sleeve, so to speak. Um, my background includes a grandmother and then a mother whose psych rap sheet was a laundry list of, you know, uh, diagnoses, including bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, uh, multiple personality uh, uh, disorder, etc. Um abusive relationships with both mom and dad, poverty, yucky, yucky stuff. Bad, 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 bad. So they know that uh, I grew up as somebody who was kind of different and that I always attributed my differences to having been to 25 different schools, having had the screwed up parents, having been through physical, uh, sexual trauma, having dealt with addictions, etc. Yes, I'm weird. Yes, I'm different. Yes, I'm a little crazy. And this is my reason why. Period. So that's been the narrative. Okay. Pause for a beat. Dennis, the father, decides to join a Facebook group called Autism Inclusivity to bring the IEP meeting material to a group of autistic adults and say, hey, put this to the smell test. What do you think about this? So... Famously, autistics are direct in communication and do not sugarcoat. So if you say anything that hits the ear wrong, you're going to get a very blunt freaking, 
you know, face check. <laughs> and so I came in using terms and terminology, which I have since either changed or removed from my lexicon. So I was using the term ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder. As a result of my interaction with the group, I will now not use ASD. I will not identify autism as a disorder, but rather I will say autistic. So that was one interesting check. Um, another one was the idea of a linear spectrum um, with the idea that you're on the high functioning end of the spectrum or the lower functioning yeah. end of the spectrum. I've since adapted my model model to something more like a spherical spectrum. Um, I've also removed functioning labels. So whereas I once would have referred to my son as moderate to severe autism, I now no longer use the functioning label. This was another okay. positive from interacting with this group. Um, a couple of more that I think are worth mentioning. I learned that the term special needs, which I always thought was great, has ableist connotations and that the preferred term is disabled or disability. Not a bad word. Don't be afraid to use it. Okay. I made that adaptation. I also, also learned that identity first language over person first language is very important because autism is about how your brain is wired, which results in your identity. So you don't say I'm a person with autism. You don't You're say autistic person. Yeah. You say I'm an autistic yeah. person or I'm an, I'm autistic. Having a Jewish mother, I decided to kind of run this. I said, well, let me try another semantic descriptor and see if it works. Would I say I'm a person who suffers from Judaism? Maybe on a bad day. <laughs> Would I say I am on the, on the Judaism spectrum? <laughs> uh, probably not. Would I, uh, I say I am a person with Judaism? No, I would say I am a Jewish person. So similarly autistic. Okay. Right. A couple of other things that they mentioned. They said they're not a fan of puzzle pieces or autism speaks. That's just their, yep. their position. There's um, now the new infinity yeah. logo. Yeah. Right. So not to be political, but just sharing my experience. That's what mm -hmm. I learned um, was that uh, the group autistics feel that autism speaks is a sinister uh, exploitative cash grab. And I learned that and I was, that, that was interesting. They also told me that they're not pro lighted up blue. They also told right. me that they're not pro ABA because their opinion is that autism is not something to be corrected. It's a way of being, and it's something for people uh, who are neurotypical to learn, to understand and how to share the world with autistics according to uh, what is the autistic range of normal, so to speak. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com that's K-I-N-U-U dot com. And be sure to use the code the autism data checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st. 
Yeah. There, there's, we get into some really sticky things with that because like, uh, I, I've been having that debate with people for years and you will, you will honestly find that you can go to one group and they will tell you person first language. Then you'll go to another group and they'll tell you that they want to hear the other way around. It's, it's sort of like everybody has their own opinion and they're all valid. And it, and it comes down to navigating it as best you can. And, and there are some things that like, I think, uh, I mean, the autism speaks thing. I've talked about that. I have a whole episode on that. I totally agree with them on that. I totally agree. It's a cash grab. They do a lot of like big picture stuff, but they don't really help the everyday person, right? Like you're not going to go to autism speaks for help navigating the stuff with your IEP or, or helping a child transition to adulthood or things like that. That's, they, they don't, they don't help with those kinds of things. Um, and when it comes to, um, I forget what the last thing you said was, uh, the lighted up blue. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I totally agree with the lighted up blue. That's a marketing thing. I, the puzzle piece I get, I mean, like I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I get why they're saying it. And it's, I think it's tied to autism speaks because they've trademarked the puzzle piece, the blue puzzle piece, whatever. Um, as far as like ABA is concerned, it's tough because as parents, a, a lot of the people that we, we've talked, like I've talked to that have very strong opinions on things like ABA, they tend to not be parents. And when you have a kid who is struggling with life, whether it's sensory related and, and they're miserable and there's therapy that can help them improve their quality of life and give them the tools that they need to better navigate the world. It's not about, it's not about, um, changing them or making them any less autistic. It's just about helping them build the skills they need to survive, right? Because we live in an unforgiving world and I've been, I've been fighting that battle for a long time. And if I could change the world for my kids, I would do that in a heartbeat. But what I've found is that you can't change the world for your kids. You can try, you can make, you can make little marks here and there, but, but as parents, like we have to prepare our kids for real life. And and I think that there are some instances where ABA, well, there's a lot of instances where ABA is applied in a way that is, you know, they refer to it as being abusive. And um, there is a lot of science behind it. There's a lot of uh, people who are not applying it properly. And and a lot of the stuff I think stems from more in the past, like like older ways of, of doing it. Because I've had a lot of people that have, uh, that I've spoken with uh, some at the Cleveland Clinic, other specialists, and ABA is is very controversial. It just is. It, it is, and, and I think it's a, a personal choice. If you're in a place where you feel your child would benefit from it, you go for it. You know, un, until they can tell you otherwise, or or whatever. It's it's just a, it's a tough thing because like you'll be ping pong ball back and forth. You'll have somebody telling. I've had I've had death threats because I called my I would say like my kids have autism, and I would get people coming at me from one side telling me that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a hateful parent because I'm labeling my kids as whatever. And I'm like, well, that's not, it's not what I'm, I thought it was like a descriptive thing is, you know, putting things into context or whatever. And so I change what I'm saying. Then I have someone come from the other side and attack me for saying it the other way. And there's no way to appease everybody. And so I've taken the approach of, I will always be respectful. If you were sensitive to that and you prefer to be called, I default to autistic now as my kids have gotten older, because I think that's, that, that makes sense to me, you know, and the way you put it makes perfect sense. It's very well said, but you're not always going to, no matter what you do, you're going to offend someone. 
Yeah. And that's actually, that's been my experience. So, yeah. So I came into this group and I learned terms like um, neurotypical, neurodiverse, mm-hmm. neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. I learned uh, that we don't recognize Asperger's as a thing. Um, one of the reasons being that, you know, the doctor Asperger, who is the, the namesake of the diagnosis, experimented on disabled kids during Nazi times. And that's bad. That I did not know. Yeah. So we definitely don't want to give that person lip service. Anyway, I learned some stuff. And one of the things I did is I identified with the idea that neurodiversity means exactly what it sounds like. And under the umbrella of neurodiversity, there is a type of person who is identified as neurotypical. And what neurotypical people have in common is they are similar, whereas uh, under the umbrella of neurodiversity, if you're not neurotypical, then you are considered neurodivergent. And Mm -hmm. under the umbrella of neurodivergence, uh, you might have uh, diagnoses such as uh, autism or ADHD. No two snowflakes are the same in in that world, hence the spectrum language. Mm -hmm. So my big shocker was coming into the autism inclusivity group hearing autistic voices that weren't your classic rain man or frankly my son bennett um Mm -hmm. who have challenges with self-care or you know uh, basic functionality but these highly intelligent people you know in some cases mensa mensa material for their iqs um incredibly well versed brilliantly skilled at camouflaging and masking and i started to ask myself a question i've never asked myself before at 51 years old which which is is it possible that you are autistic oh i did not see it going there but go ahead and in the autism group self-diagnosis is a hundred percent valid because you don't have a whole bunch of people super interested in jumping on this bandwagon right um it's not fashionable. And so while it's possible to be confused, it's kind of one of those, hey, I'm autistic and I'm looking at you. And although I'm not qualified to diagnose, I know it when I see it. Welcome to the mm-hmm. club. You know, sort of like, if it, it, I guess the equivalent to like, you know, if you're gay, you've got gaydar, you know, um, somebody made the joke that they have suspectrum. <laughs> <laughs> And really uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. And uh, so that led me to go to uh, embrace-autism.com founded by one Dr. Engelbrecht, uh, who herself is an autistic in uh, somewhere in Canada. And I started taking tests like the AQ, the RADS R, the CATQ. And I answered as conservatively as possible. And I tested not only just well above threshold, but I tested well above average for autistics. And that led to a journey of self-discovery, which finds me, um, I explain it as when you're on your computer, you accidentally initiate a full system virus scan and the next thing you know 80 percent of your cpu 
is being dedicated to going through every single file you have. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm now finding that the entire 51 years that I've lived, which I thought I'd sort of put in a time capsule and buried so that I don't have to review it again. We're now, there's some part of my brain going through every single moment that I've ever lived and going, oh my God, autism, 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 autism. This is crazy. Uh, it's, yeah, I wasn't, I, I had no idea that this is where this was going to go. I go on Tuesday for an ADHD evaluation because I discovered since we last spoke, I started recognizing that I'm struggling more in life than what I should be struggling. When I have so many positive things going for me and, and I'm, I'm tired all the time and all this stuff, I have a terrible time focusing. I have a hard time focusing on things. I have three kids who are diagnosed with autism and ADHD. And I have siblings who were diagnosed with ADHD as, as kids. And they all presented with hyperactivity, impulsiveness, stuff like that. I don't present that way. I present with, uh, I forget what they call attentive. I have an attentive version where like I have a hard time focusing on things. And so like I'm focusing on this conversation right now, but it takes, it takes a really, it takes a good bit of effort for me to stay on task. And so there's a lot of chaos in my life, disorganization, and not because I'm lazy or because I just don't want to do it. It's because I get so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. And there are uh, all these competing thoughts trying to catch my attention. And so I, I go down that same journey. I go on, on Tuesday for my, to begin my evaluation to hopefully, hopefully get on meds that will help me to uh, better you know, function like an adult <laughs> focus. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's funny as you, as you'll recall, <laughs> we famously had a flagship podcast in which it accidentally turned into a coaching session. And I think a big part of the reason for that is most of the guys that I've dealt with over the years could in some way be considered closeted neurodivergence. I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting, hey, this is the place. If you join Man Up Life Coaching, it means you're autistic or have ADHD. I am saying a lot of my guys have openly said, I'm diagnosed as ADHD. Um, none of them have said I'm diagnosed as autistic. However, many, many, many of them exhibit a lot of the traits that I'm learning by taking test after test after test after test are associated with an autism diagnosis. And I think a big part of the reason that they're struggling is because they're masking and they're trying to fit into a normal, quote unquote, neurotypical uh, world. And when you and I met, you had this sort of, ah, Dennis, this is a guy I can like actually talk to. And my coaching methods are coaching methods that represent techniques I've used to get through life. And now at 51 years old, realizing, it's, holy shit, I'm autistic. It kind of all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's when you were talking about you're going back through your life and you're remembering all these things and it's like, bam, bam, bam. I've been doing the same thing. I, I look back and I'm like, Oh my, like it makes so much more sense now. <laughs> like the pieces fit. And, and so then it's a, it's a profound experience when you can identify something that's going on, because then I've started working with my brain instead of against it. 
And that has had a positive impact on my life thus far. And uh, that's so crazy. We should do a part two. We should absolutely do a part two. Yeah. No. <laughs> Stay tuned for part two. We'll, we'll be back with part two. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. Because I had yeah, no dude. idea that we were we were both going through that at the same time. That's yeah. Nuts. Yeah. So interesting universe we live in. It's good to see you again. It's good to talk you. to you again. Uh, this is Dennis of Man Up Life Coaching. My website is manuplifecoaching.com. I am the author of the registered trademark Bro Coach and the Bro Coach Approach. So if you're a dude between 20 something and 60 something or even up, if that's interesting for you, and you're stuck in your life in some way, whether you're neurotypical, neurodivergent, neurodiverse, or unsure, chances are a conversation with me might be uh, revelatory for you. So there's my there's my outro. Cool. Part two will be coming up shortly. All right. Take care, man. My best to your family. All right, dude. See you later. Bye-bye. Okay. So before I close things out, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to Dennis for taking the time to come back on the show and, and having this conversation. Uh, I had no idea that's where the conversation was going. And it's really interesting that he was kind of going through that same experience uh, at the same time that I was going through this whole exploring ADHD thing that I'm going through. So um, thank you for sharing your story, Dennis, and talking to us about being a dad and uh, and all that stuff. Um, definitely, we're going to do a part two. Uh, we'll get that scheduled and, and get that out there for you guys. Uh, you can find Dennis at manuplifecoaching.com. Uh, link will be in the show notes below. You can find me at theautismdad.com. All of my social links are at the top of the page. You can like and subscribe and rate this podcast and any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Just hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate it. And have a fantastic weekend. Actually, have a fantastic week because these are on Mondays now. I always forget. So have a great week and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. See you. Bye.